You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. changed around here i mean that was pretty nice like i felt you know pretty aroused by that but i'm missing the the original the original the original <laughs> is that is that the ritual should i should i tell that story for the listeners absolutely okay i'll try to be brief about it so one time by the way welcome to the show glad hey. to be back what up luke i'm i know you're a little bit tired so Hang That's in there. Right. Hang in right. there. I'm I'm here. Thanks thanks for hanging with us, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one time I was uh doing a show, you know, with my job. Um I was downtown Chicago in the uh James R. Thompson Center, which is the state of Illinois building. And I was coming up the escalator from the basement area that's kind of like where there's a food court and there's different restaurants like KFC and Panda Express and so forth. That Burger King right now. I know, right? <laughs> I love Panda. We're getting Panda in Valpo, did you? Do you guys know? Yes. Yeah. We were supposed to get it in 2014. Well, finally better, it's here. Better late than never, seriously. <laughs> but anyways, I come up the escalator and there's some homeless guy there. And I basically, I offered to get him some food. And I made the mistake of <laughs> not just handing him the food. I offered to get him food, which, of course, in his mind meant that means that means he's getting a choice. Mm-hmm. And so... I offered to go get Burger King for him, but that wasn't good enough. Instead, he wanted me to take him to KFC. And I'm just thinking, man, you uh, the audacity of this guy. Like, it's not his money. It's my money that I'm spending. Yeah. And he's telling me to buy him KFC. It's only a little bit more. And so me trying to be the good Samaritan and doing this guy a favor, I was like, okay, whatever. If that's what he really wants and it's just a little more, I'll get it for him just because I want a man who's Hungry to eat, right? So we walk over to KFC, and he just keeps saying, like, yeah, now I want the three-piece, the original. Now I want to make sure it's the original. And he just kept saying that over and over again, the original. And as, like, I'm picking out the food for him, because they have, like, these, uh, uh, like, this slider thing that's got, like, hot lights under it, so they make Uh. pre-made dishes, different combos and things. So you can just pick it up, hand it to the cashier, and pay for it, and be on your way. Instead of having some someone make something to order, um, and as I'm doing that, the uh, the cops show up and they just toss the guy out of the building. <laughs> and I was like, I was just buying this guy some food, and they're like, No, no, sorry, you can't. You know, like, uh. and they just rush the guy out of there. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> that was the time I tried to <laughs> do a nice deed for a homeless person, and it was awkward and just did not turn out. Yeah anything like what Less, you would imagine. Hey, lesson learned. Philanthropy is a joke, right? Maybe next yeah, time you won't be so picky. Huh? So so did you end up like eating it yourself? Eating the original the chicken original. yourself? 
you know, I just put it back. Mm. Didn't even bother with it because mm. I didn't want it. You picked it up with your bare hands, like with the food, and then you put it back in the... Well, I, I rubbed it under my armpit first. Okay. Good. Right. Good. I was um, going to ask about that. Wow. Yeah, if you didn't, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't thought be about, anymore. I thought about, like, kind of rubbing it on, on my butt crack a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, there's some flavor there, you know? Because uh, I, yeah, I figured someone else might appreciate that. Because uh, it's, it's a more unique flavor than KFC. <laughs> <laughs> says, hey, what's that saying pe- about KFC? People, people say crack kills, but crack is addicting, man. Uh, you know? Yeah. So the KFC on Calumet here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the business is unbelievably bad service. That is, is it? It's just terrible. How do they manage to stay open? I, I really don't know that. You think man. it's at the end of the day, it's because people just like the food? I can't. What food they have? They have. I mean, most of the time they don't even have half the things you want on the menu. Seriously, it's just... Don't we uh, know the owners of the place? Uh, do we? At least I... I'm not going to say the person's name on air. Just but... mouth it, dude. Uh, no, no, don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you later. Don't okay, worry about okay. it, but... We'll, um... get, we'll get the micro whisper in there, and the audience will be able to... <laughs> we'll get know, sued. Yeah, to <laughs> decipher what he said. Tommy Lee Jones. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> Um. Yeah, don't. don't uh, I think. I think the worst experience I've ever had at KFC was in Kentucky. We, really? That's uh, yeah. We were on a vacation. It was probably it was like probably 10 wasn't years. the original one. Though, ten? Right? No, no, probably not. The original. Ten, ten years ago, and, and uh, I got some like uh, some bar- honey barbecue boneless chickens or something like that, and it was disgusting, man. I don't know why I didn't get my money back. God, I, I, I was just too young. Maybe I was just like uh, boneless wings. Yeah, boneless that wings. Honey barbecue boneless wings sounds incredible. Yeah. So like that should have been really good. Yeah, it yeah. might have been just my heightened expectations because, like you said, yeah. boneless honey barbecue. I mean that sounds wings. really good. Yeah. yeah. Like I would give up my diet just for that if I could have that every day. Well, you know, we all have those uh, those expect- expectations that are not met with uh, mm. fast food establishments. Mm. Yeah. And that's just how it goes sometimes, you know? Nothing you can do about it. Well, what's new with you guys? I had, I had at least one thing that's been going on in my head for several weeks now that I wanted to just, just get off my chest and get out there. I, Nick, I know you're in kind of a similar headspace as me with this. Yeah. Luke may not apply to you as much, so sorry if, you know, we get into the weeds too much, but Oh well screw off. I'll just be over here sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only um, one that has a rocking chair here. Yeah. Well, hey, it was your choice and you guys decided on the the freaking steel based chairs. You're sitting on like stainless steel. It's solid. Not even, dude. It's harder than stainless steel. It's probably like diamond. <laughs> diamond chair. That's now that's interesting. There's a there's a thought. So what's on your mind, Danny? I've been thinking about uh business and entrepreneurship and uh mm-hmm. doing work freelance. Because uh be honest with you guys, like I'm I'm in a place right now, career wise, where I'm not necessarily happy with what I do for a living. Um I'm thankful. Uh, I do want to make that distinction. I am thankful that I have a job and that I do what I do. I 
I don't take it for granted and I'm uh I'm glad I have the opportunity to to do it. But my job involves a lot of travel and it involves me excuse me. Um wait, are, are you saying you're dissatisfied with it? That that is a sucker punch to the family jewels right there, Danny. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family's in the jewelry business, so uh yeah, so we end up we travel and we do shows as opposed to just maintaining like a jewelry store in town. Uh there's there's pros and cons to that approach. Um which I won't really spend a lot of time on, but basically I'm I'm not super happy with it. Uh it's just not something I'm passionate about, not something I'm super interested in or drawn in and I have a hard time like really continuing to keep my motivation level high for something that I don't naturally find interesting. Mm -hmm. Things that I don't gravitate towards are things that are not going to hold my interest for very long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's just kind of a a natural thing. Uh, But, you know, I'm not trying to sound like some spoiled millennial who says, like, once I get out of college, that dream job better be waiting for me. Otherwise, I'm going to hate my life. I mean, I understand. Danny, you're entitled, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm just waiting for someone. to hate your life. I know. (laughs) Damn it. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to sound like some spoiled millennial kid, but uh, because I I do understand that uh, in reality, like the decade of your life that is 20 to 30 is a time when you're still kind of forming who you are and like forming what your life is going to look like for the the rest of it. Uh, like, in in many ways, you know what I mean? It's it's not the be all end all. Like it's still possible to be a 40-year-old person who has significant change, you know? I feel like your 20s has the potential to be the scariest time of your life, you know? Yeah, ex- exactly, but, I, but also the the most enjoyable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think it's it's simultaneously the the scariest time of your life but also like the most adventurous yes. time of your life yeah because for most people when you're in your 20s that's the period of your life when uh many different kinds of commitments that often come later in life haven't really come yet and uh, aren't there to like weigh you down per se but they surface and they loom right yeah like absolutely absolutely like you can see them um coming on the horizon and they yeah exactly and and they yeah. can yeah like they can they can be coming soon but it's not quite there yet you know what i mean yeah uh and, and you can get married in your 20s and that's a big commitment but i think even if you're a young married couple and both of you are like 25 or 27 let's say uh if you don't have kids yet uh then you're still in a place where you're able to have a Be little happy. bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the truth comes out. Nick, no, don't hate those kids, huh? Not, oh, not into kids. I, I love kids. I mean, I that know. came out wrong. <laughs> oh boy, you're not into the idea of having kids, being a father. I mean, not yet, man. You know, I someday, someday, not now. Right. Oh, you know, I, I I want kids someday, I think. What's wrong with kids, man? You were a kid once. I know, dude. It's terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I don't hate kids. I, I don't want anybody to think that. It's just I'm I'm not ready to consider having kids or think about having kids. I'm, 
It is a big commitment. It's a ways off. Oh, sure you yeah. are, man. I'll take you down to the adoption uh, the adoption agency tomorrow, and we'll we'll pick out a good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's only going to set you back about twenty five grand. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Costs take a, money. Take, take out a loan for that. It take, costs money to save a kid's life, right? You know, and make them. I mean, I I understand if there's some administrative cost involved, like yeah. at most a couple thousand. That's all it should or be. Or maybe a few thousand because people who are working on the paperwork have to get paid because that's what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. But come on. Come on. Yeah. Once you hit 20,000 to save a kid, I mean. That's bull, dude. That is crazy to me. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But yeah, all, all this to say, Luke, you're right. Like um, when you're in your 20s, different kinds of commitments are looming on the horizon, but they aren't there yet. Yeah. So I think your 20s are a time when you're exploring and having some adventure and kind of shaping what the next phase is going to be. And that's where I'm at today. And because of that, I don't have the expectation that everything is going to be lined up all nice and neat. All my ducks are going to be in a row and things are just going to work out beautifully. Uh, and things are going to be smooth, and my life is going to have just the just the right balance and just the right structure. Uh, I know that that's not the case, and I don't expect it to be the case, uh, and I don't think either of you would either, right? Mm-hmm. For sure, right? So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, I'm really not happy with my current job, uh, and not just because. I don't like what I do today. That's part of it. But also because I I don't see this as something that 20 years into the future or even 10 years into the future has the kind of arc or trajectory that I want to be going down. Yeah, I th- I think you just need to change your slogan. You know how uh, every kiss begins with K. It, it reels in the customers. Maybe how about like every consummation begins with M, you know? <laughs> Mos- Moscow jewelry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come get your wedding ring, lock it down quick. You know, every consummation get begins kids. with. <laughs> That's great. The logo comes up. Moscow. Ding. Moscow. Marketer. Are you sure you're not a marketer? You know, with, with skills like that, you might be. Yeah. Every consummation be- yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, you know, I look into the future and I see the trajectory of this and I see myself ending up sort of where my parents are, where they're kind of having to live life on a hamster wheel of sorts, where you're constantly having to like run and just work, work, work nonstop just to keep this entity that you've given life to alive and going and keep the ship afloat. And if you don't stop... And you try to get off the hamster wheel and it's all going to sink because you can't neglect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's not quite where I want to be. I feel like that's going to turn <clears> into <throat> something that's sort of unsustainable uh, in terms of just my own mental health and emotional health and that's, spiritual health, I guess, in my soul. Yeah. You know, so that's what's causing me to just think and have a shift in my thinking and start thinking about what can I do today? That's going to shift the trajectory of what my career is going to look like so that I can start to just, just, just change the path 
slightly today so that 10 years into the future, I end up in some other kind of uh, place, I guess. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's another good topic, I would say. Like, what, what, there's a fine line between being a slave to your business and just working hard. Like, where, where, yeah, isn't that the truth? Where are those lines? Because yeah. in order to make it, especially as a new business, like you have to just constantly be on it. You have to pour your yeah. heart and soul into it. Yeah. With your time and your efforts and your care and yeah. money and yeah, everything has to just go into it. Yeah. So, yeah. You have to raise it like a child. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So where, <laughs> you know, where's the line where? That's a, I don't know the exact answer to that, of course. Um, yeah. And you know what the ironic thing is about that? Hmm. Isn't the entire premise of owning your own business so that you can be your own Free. boss and so you therefore can have freedom? Have freedom? Yes. And so it's like when you get to this point where your business has enslaved you, mm-hmm. you're all of a sudden wondering, like, wait a minute, wasn't the whole purpose of this so that I could be more free, have more control yes. over my own life? And mm-hmm. it kind of mentally enslaves you. There's been times where I said to myself, I'm not going to work today. And I look across the room and I see, well, there's potential work, there's potential money. Yes. And I feel like I, I feel like I get this idea in my head that I'm wasting time yes. by relaxing. You guilt trip yourself yes. because yeah. you're like, there's always more work to be done. Yes. There's always more, like, if I'm not using my time to push myself forward in my business, mm-hmm. I'm wasting it. Yeah. To where if I'm like outside having a cup of coffee, enjoying the beautiful day, it's like... On a Don't day make that, that I coffee said, break too long. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like on a day that I told myself I'm not going to work, I worked all week. It's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I should, I should be down there right now. This is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Where it's not like I need to just enjoy outside for once, and yeah, you know, stuff like that. I certainly see that in my own parents and kind of how, uh, sort of what their mindset is. And yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get too personal with them, with them, but um, no socials. Or no social security numbers. Or yeah. Share well, the, the only one I have memorized really is my own. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. But yeah, I, I, what I mean is I sort of see this mindset that's very similar to what you're describing, where it's like uh, we we almost guilt trip ourselves or feel guilty when we utilize our free time for something other than mm-hmm. furthering our business. Yeah. Uh, now, bo- both my parents are not equal. In that feeling, meaning one kind of experiences that a little bit more than the other, but there's definitely uh, vestiges of that in both of them in their in how they think mm-hmm. and approach life. Um, and there's all kinds of rationalizations for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can you can justify you can al- there's always going to be a good reason why you should always be working, right? Yeah, like th- there's always going to be like, well, you know, life isn't all about relaxation and having fun like that's only just a part of it life also involves hard work to get ahead right Mm -hmm. but does it though like can i just like chill out and uh recline in my rocking chair lazy boy (laughs) yeah and just get paid come on like like if you can find someone to pay you for that i'll work for that person (laughs) i mean i i work really hard for them so you, a, but but that's the thing, though. Like, if you could get paid for doing jack squat, would you? I, I would feel wrong doing that. Like, I, I probably would accept I mean, the you, job title hear, and get paid for nothing. But still, like, I feel like 
my indolence would, would is not meritorious of this income. Yeah. You know? I, I know people who like have nothing to do at work and they hate it. Mm. They're like, yeah, I'm sitting here getting paid 20 an hour, but I hate it. Right. Mm. Because I just I had nothing to do. I, they say like, I'd rather be actually working hard, like actually having things to do instead of my boss just saying, yeah, we'll just, you know, sit here and, and be ready for this, study this a little bit, brush up on this. And yeah, that doesn't sound, I mean, because no. ultimately, like, I think even us as human beings, like, we're not made to just sit still and do nothing. I mean, we get gratification out of, out of working hard. We, that's satisfying. Yeah. Like, even if it's, I mean, working out, for example, mm-hmm. we don't get paid to work out and it makes us feel good. Right. In, in addition right. to endorphins in our bloodstream, like, yeah, that makes us feel good too. But just the fact that like, Hey, I got up and I did that. There's a psychological I, I ran, component. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I ran those five miles or 10 miles or I ran that, uh, 20 feet <laughs> for some people, you yeah. know, it's like, I don't know. We were made to be moving. We're made to be pushing forward mm-hmm. and for us to sit there and get paid. Like, yeah, some people will be like, yeah, it was the best job ever. But I think a lot of people would be like, something's missing here. I think even if they're making a decent amount of money, there's, they're going to be unhappy or they're going to, something's going to be missing, you know? Of well, course. Uh, would you're you like not a, earning anything. If you're not earning things, I, especially I, I think man. it's, yeah. I, we should make a new segment called uh, Luke's Word of the Day because that word just popped into my head. Luke yeah. saves the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, screw Bill Nye anyway. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, oh, yeah. The word sinecure. Yes. Can you remember, yeah. you remember what that means? You know what that yes. Means? Interesting. Yeah. I pronounce yeah. it sinecure, but perhaps I'm wrong. No! It, I, I don't pronounce okay, you know it. It's potato, a silent potato, N, dude. It's a silent N. Irrevocable, <laughs> irrevocable. So just pronounce it how you will. The silent N. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it Too just ba- basically means like, as you all just told me, you know, but I'll just let the audience know if you don't know. Um it's basically a high paying job where obligations are sparse. Minimal. Like you, you, yeah, you don't do much <laughs> and you get paid a shit ton, basically. And it sounds AKA nice on the surface. Job. Yeah, it sounds nice, but well, I, no. I think it's specious because going back to that getting paid for doing nothing, it's just, I, I can't process that. Like when I, when I go to work at Menards, like for example, and like, I'm I'm at the desk talking to my manager for 15 minutes about shoes or something. It's, you know, some small talk. I, I feel kind of bad because of all these raises that have that have accrued over the years. Like, I'm getting paid. Let's see, I'm I'm getting paid. Yeah, exactly. I'm getting paid. F- you know, three seventy five or whatever, just to have a conversation about <laughs> shoes. You know, like I feel bad doing that. And one of the reasons why I'm exhausted tonight is just because I, I killed it. I killed it, You man. worked really hard today. Oh, yeah. Just vitiated. Hmm. Phew. Yeah, it, it sort of reminds me. I heard a... I can't imagine having this kind of mindset, but these people exist. I was listening to another podcast, and the host was talking about a person that he was talking to and having a conversation with it. And he was he was trying to encourage and help this guy find uh, find his way and what he was going to do with his career and what he's going to do for a living and stuff. But but he was having a hard time getting through to this guy because the guy kept saying like, yeah, you know, I just I just hate working. I hate having a job. 
And it's like, <laughs> okay, brother, but you know, like, in order for you to like make it in the world, like, you're gonna have to work. You can't just, uh, you know, get paid to do nothing, mm-hmm. sit around on the, on the couch all day and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and he's like, yeah, I know, but and he's like, okay, well, what? Well, tell me, like, what? Give me some idea of something you'd like to do. And he's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to work. Like, all right, all right. Well, what would you do with your time if you didn't have to do anything for money and you could just go do whatever you wanted with your time? What are some things you'd, like, what would you do if it wasn't about the money? And he's like, well, you know, I'd probably, like, go to the gym and work out because that's what I like to do. I like to be at the gym. He's like, great. Maybe you should you should probably look into becoming a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. That's a, that would be a great job for someone like you if that's yeah. what you're interested in because you get to be in, around the gym all, all the time, dude. Oh, but I, be but I don't want to be responsible people for exercise. other pers- other people's. Right. Uh, well, the guy's response machines. was like, "Yeah, excuse me, <laughs> he did that. <laughs> <Excuse> me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the, the the nice El Amigo coming up." <laughs> but the guy's response was like, "Yeah, I guess, but if that if." If I was doing that, then it would just turn into work again, and then, you know, it'd be a job. And it's like, okay, with some people like that, you just cannot, you can't get through to them. Those are the types of people that want a sinecure. You know what the the the, the most sinecure of all sinecures is, in my opinion? Mm-hmm. Not that the pay is ridiculously high, I don't think, but... Let me guess real quick. Um, I, I don't know. Being a security guard, uh, especially the ones we'll, we'll call that sinecurity, huh? Especially, yeah, especially the ones that I see in my line of work because you know I work at these jewelry shows, and uh, well, typically they hire the local police to secure the place. But some of the places we work, the building that the show is hosted in has their own security that works for the building. Uh, and particularly we do this one show out in Virginia, right by Dulles airport. And, uh, there's some security guards there that are the laziest people I've ever seen in my entire life. They just sleep. Basically. I mean, almost Mm. like they just sit on this chair and they just sit on their butt all day. And like, (laughs) maybe they only get up to go to the bathroom, but otherwise like they just sit there. And maybe they'll play on their phone or do whatever, but they just sit and sit and sit all day. They don't move. Wow. It's just the laziest. So I cannot imagine that. Um, I'd because, be crazy, dude. I know. But but we sort of veered off a little bit. But going back to what you were saying, Nick, about what's that line between the business, like you being a slave to the business versus uh, what was the other thing you said? Compared to compared to like actually working hard, yeah, and putting in a lot of hours, like legit hard work. Yeah, like it's a necessity. Like you need to do it to get a business going. But where's the line? Yeah, you You know, know, I I, the only thing that I can think of is maybe like working so hard, like slavishly on a business Mm -hmm. for maybe years. Even the payoff, if you're successful with it is that years down the road, you get to dramatically scale back how hard you work, and then you really do have freedom of your mm-hmm. schedule. Because if you're f- really successful financially with your business, then you know you can just get to a point where you're making enough to hire other people to run it mm-hmm. in terms of day-to-day operations, whatever it is, uh, and then 
you know, you can still stay in charge and kind of oversee how things work, but yeah. you can get to a point where you don't have to come in every day. Or like, if you just want to take a week off because you feel yeah, like dude, it, take a week off. Right there, what you just said, I'm the kind of guy who likes to take a month or two and just work like crazy, man. Yeah. Get some money stashed up and then coast on that for a few weeks. And then once that, you know, gets to a certain level, okay, I want to go back and make some more. Go back, work real hard. Like, I'm, I can't do a consistent nine to five every day. Right. Like, there's no way I could. That's not me. Not enough I, variety in that kind no. of lifestyle. It's it's kind of just a a uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's monotonous. It's repetitive. I mean, it's, it's it's just consistent. It's not up or down. It's just right in the middle. Yeah, like uh, things are very routine yes. and predictable. Yeah, just every day. Yeah, and I, I just I I don't know. Mm. I, I don't like that. You know. You know what's interesting is uh, when you're in that kind of a routine. Mm-hmm. You really look forward to Friday, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a, your last day of the week. Yeah. If you have a regular Monday through Friday schedule. But, uh, you know, if, you know, we went through this when we were in high school, right? We always look forward to Friday. But w- when you get to a point where you have your own business and people are like, yes, it's Friday, it's the weekend, you're like, what do you mean weekend? Like, mm-hmm. Every day is the same to me. Friday, Monday is Friday. Wednesday yeah. is Sunday. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sunday is probably the only day of the week that actually feels kind of a little, sort of different mm-hmm. than the others. Um, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Sunday does feel different than the other days, but uh, you know, Friday to me is not. It, it's like it's just like Wednesday, just like Monday. Tuesday's just like Thursday, just <laughs> mm-hmm. like I mean, you know, it's like they're all the same. Yeah. yeah to me, yeah. speaking from experience as a college student, it's like. Like Friday is here, and yes, there's less obligations that day. You know, from from Friday, you know, whatever, eight thirty a.m. to to nine thirty p.m. But like, there's work all day long tomorrow, Saturday, and then there's homework all day long on Sunday. Right. So it it never really stops. I mean, my weekend is a weekend insofar as it's different from you know the school week, but but it's yeah, You're just it's, not actually at the university doing the work. Mm-hmm. All right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's di- exactly. It's different insofar as you're not adhering to a class schedule, but it's not as if there's no work in the days because mm-hmm. there sure are, there sure is. Yeah. Uh so anyway, yeah, so I you know, I mean, I haven't even said like what sort of business opportunity I want to pursue. So I want to get into a point where I'm doing like audio work as a freelancer. And what I mean by that is particularly music, uh mixing music and recording music. Um, cause that's something that I just like really love to do and I'm not necessarily great at it now. I mean, I do know some things about it and I think I know enough even to mm-hmm. charge for it now. Uh, but I do want to take some time to just do some work, even if it means having to do some free work for some people and yeah. just to build up a solid portfolio that I'm confident in presenting to potential clients. Like when my website is built, uh, you know what I mean? So, hey, you know, cause speaking of taking time though, like honestly, like my, my bladder is pretty full and this wine is, is going through me a little bit. Actually, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. feel free to, to take a break if, if you want. I mean, we're, we're coming up on a hard break in about a minute. Can yeah. you, can you hold it for like, for like a minute? Well, that's why I suggested it. You know, I have, I have perfect, uh, c- a conception of, of, of time. So, <laughs> 
So <laughs> it's it's probably been thirty minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. Nick, you're sort of in the same spot as me, right? In terms of like you're looking to make a pivot and uh yeah. and how you handle business and, and move in a different man. direction. Absolutely. Because right now you're the whip guy, but you don't want to be the whip guy forever, right? Not full time like I am now, man. Not full time like I am now. Like I do it, I enjoy it, I get satisfaction out of it. Yeah. I, I am able to do my own thing. Right. But um it's not my passion. It never was. It never will be my passion. Right. I love it. It's something you sort of stumbled upon. Yeah, exactly. I've learned to love it. because, Or, you know, I've learned to enjoy it, but it's not like I don't get this, I'm made for this feeling by any means, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I'd find it hard to give up this following that you've built. Yeah. Where yeah, you're I- almost like... You're almost like an authority figure on the subject of whips, yes, quite frankly. For sure. Like you're one of the thought leaders in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a YouTube channel that's successful. And mm-hmm. um, you've turned that into a, a Patreon page that actually gets some financial backing. Like yeah. people have stepped up to the plate yeah. to give you money. Yeah, dude. I'll never to give make up. The videos. I'll never give up whip making. I just kind of want to get to the point where photography and filmmaking is the main thing. And then whips is secondary, something I do occasionally. Gotcha. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> is that your bladder or you? <laughs> that, that's that's the inspirational music just kicking in. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, preach it. <laughs> you grab that football and you run. And you run. Don't stop. And you squeeze that bladder. <laughs> All right. All right. Time for an apothic piss. That is the music. That is our cue to take a break. We'll be right back, guys. Thank you. We're all going to be urinating listening to this music. (laughs) Inspirational bladder emptying. Yeah. Dwell on that, audience members. Be back soon. Keep up with all of the cool stuff that's happening on Every Last Drop? Head on over to everylastdroppodcast.com to find out about everything we do, from a feed of our most current episodes, blog posts, ways you can get in touch with us, and an opportunity to join our email list so you can get up-to-date information about our latest releases. Haven't signed up yet? What are you waiting for? Go! Okay, we're yeah. back. Hey guys, we're yeah, we're back. <laughs> what do we talk about now? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's we the just question. Had a big long conversation. We did. That's how it always happens. It was a good conversation. Yeah, it was. Huh. A lot, of, a lot of hypothetical stuff, but a lot of that. I mean, that that's what we're here for. It's <laughs> to reason. Um, Luke, uh, what do you find to be the biggest challenge when you're writing? Uh, writing what? Writing who? No, just kidding. Um, I think the biggest... Not writing a paper for school. We're talking about writing artistically. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. Um, The biggest challenge for me, the the biggest hurdle is like, is it's trying to create a sense of inspiration, uh, you know, artificially. And, but, okay, okay. So basically my best writing happens when it's, you know, in the wee hours of the morning, 2 a.m., when I'm tossing and turning from insomnia 
and I have a big exam at 8 a.m. the next day, and I just can't go to sleep, but I have all these thoughts in my head. My brain just can't can't let me go to sleep, you know? So my biggest hurdle is, like, in the middle of the day, in between classes, like, I'm thinking about poetry, and, like, I, I want to write this fantastic poem, you know, like all the poets that I've admired all my since I've been fascinated with poetry. But the biggest hurdle is like, I can't artificially induce that, that inspiration. Like I, sure I can think of a, of a moral and and write about it, but like, it's, it's not nearly as good as if it just came naturally in a fit of emotion. And in this, you know, in a moment of Mm -hmm. aleatory, what have you, inspirational sadness or happiness or ebullience ebullience i like that word mm. we can't have two word of the days or words of the day oh boy <laughs> what a cacophony <laughs> oh there's three. Oh no crap <laughs> abort abort <laughs> jump ship yeah yeah i i can relate to that although i don't know i i think i face sort of different we all have our own challenges, I guess. My mine are different than yours, which are different than Nick. Mm-hmm. Nick, what about you? I mean, what are let's just say not even writing, but like just what are what are some of the biggest challenges that you're people skills up against? People skills all the way, dude. Like, why do you think that is? I don't practice enough. Yeah, that's a big thing. Like the the job I do now is basically isolation, man. It's it consists of me just being by myself, not like you said, practicing and engaging in conversation. So I'm just I'm not, I'm not good at like especially when I'm one on one with somebody that I don't know very well. Like I feel when we're not talking, it's like I should say something so they don't think that I'm hmm. that I don't like them. And it's just a weird like I overanalyze the situation. So I need to work on that. Well, a lot. Th- thus begs the question. You know, can solitude breed solidarity? You know, Dude, I can think you become best whom? friends with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. For me, it's like I become enemies with myself. I think I think too much. While I'm by yeah. myself, I think you about how your own worst enemy. Yeah, or I your think, own worst critic. Or yeah, when I'm by myself, I I go over different periods of time of me engaging with with other people. And just thinking, man, you hmm. suck at that, dude. <laughs> do, you, do you ever like, get, uh, um, not just self-deprecating, but do you ever get into like morbid thinking or morbid type fantasies? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily gruesome or gory, but how, what, how I mean, so? what I mean by that is... Oh, Evil Dead turns me on. Oh, <laughs> no. my God. <laughs> no, you, you, that's not what I mean by fantasy, I, obviously. No, Fan- I, I might. Like, explain God, what you mean. Fantasy just, just means... You're thinking of scenarios in your head that aren't real. Uh, like, do you ever get to a point where you're just thinking of various scenarios in your life that haven't happened or aren't real, yeah. and you're just imagining like negative things play out in your life? Oh yeah, dude. You know what I mean? That's what oh, I yeah. mean by morbid fantasy. Okay. Is like yeah. just imagining like Nick. Tell us some of oh, your morbid fetishes. I- <laughs> 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 oh, like, like I'm just imagining having a terrible fight with my girlfriend or something. Yeah. And it's like there's no good reason why I should think that. But your mind it's it's kind of like the thing. But where, if my mind is left alone for yeah. too long, 
And by alone, I mean isolation. Well, I mean, we kind of gravitate we'll towards the negative. Like, we talked about this a long time ago. Uh, if you have a video you put out on YouTube, 100 people like it, 3 people dislike it. What are you thinking about? The 3 dislikes are mm. bothering you. Right. So much more than you're yeah. getting satisfaction from the 100 And it's likes. like another thing, uh, another example of that is dreams, man. I don't know about you guys, but when I have a dream, probably 90% of the time it's negative. Not really? necessarily what's going on in the dream is, is like obviously bad and, and what have you. But during the dream, like... <coughs> it just feels wrong. You, you just, just feel like yeah. something's not right. Yeah. Or and maybe it's your mind just remembering the negative dreams. It could be. It could be that you have other dreams that aren't quite so negative just as often. But again, your mind is just recalling the okay. stuff that's negative. That's possible. That's very possible. It's a possibility. Oh, yeah, here's a here's a nice little poetical <laughs> thought. Like all the dreams that you have that are that are good, that means you must have forgotten them. <laughs> like we naturally dwell on negative thoughts. Oh, it's like, <laughs> man, that's a bummer. Hey man, yeah. did you have a dream last night? I, I can't remember it. I don't know what it was. Oh, it must have been good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It must have been really good. Yeah. Yeah, with a smile on your face. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> You never see with a frown on your face. Oh, I can't remember. There, are, there are no. If, of if you have a frown on your face to start the day, that means you remembered your dream and it sucked. Yeah, I feel like people who have maybe depression and they they're trying their best to be positive about life when they're awake, like during the day, their dreams are almost like an outlet for the subconscious mind to Word. kind of. Huh? Yes, I completely agree yeah. with you. Like you, you try. During the day to be positive, you're like it's all right, you know. And you keep, you keep going, but you can only do that for so for so long. So during the night, it's kind of like your brain's go, yes. your brain's going, dude. You don't really feel this great, man. You know, good job during the day, but now we have to expel some of this uh, pessimism. Yeah, that, that is exactly it's almost like a what zip I think. Pop the pus coming out. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. nasty. I've been procrastinating in reading this book called The Dreaming Mind, but it, it's it was really intriguing. And tell I had, us about it, dude. I, I want to read well, I can't, it. I can't. I'm, I'm really not that far into it. Oh, but okay. I, I picked it up because because I realized over the years that that dreaming it's it's so it's such a pivotal event, and 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 I've realized that that when you wake up and you 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 just you just feel crappy. For no apparent reason, uh-huh. it's because of the, what I believe, it's because of the dream that you had that you have since forgotten, but huh. it still is subconsciously tearing you apart. It's still, it's still a force that's, that's like, it's, it's the, the thought, you know, in the, in the captain's seat of your brain throughout the day. Like you, you don't, you don't remember it. You don't remember the thought, but it's, it's your brain kind of cycling through that vibe of the dream that you had. Mm. You don't remember the dream. But it's you, not in the you're, forefront you sure as hell mind. remember how it felt. So when you yeah. wake up, you're just in a funk, not because you slept wrong, not because you slept on the wrong side of the bed. As they say. <laughs> right. That's where the expression come from, comes from, I think. Come from. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what I believe. Like, like if you, if, if you wake up and, and you're feeling bright and cheery, it's because you had a dream. You had was... a sex dream. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other explanation. Yeah. Those are always the shortest dreams. Yes, sex they dream. are. 
the, the reason I okay. find that to be the case for me is because <laughs> I that could mean a few things. I, I the, haven't said had, the Minute Man. Yeah, I haven't had tons <laughs> of those kinds of dreams. But when I do, it seems that I often become aware of the fact that it's a dream very quickly, and then as soon as I'm aware. It goes away. So, oh, yeah, they, a, a sex dream can never last for me. What a cock block, man. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't. I, my sex dreams are very short-lived. My, my sex dreams always come to a culmination point, but they I, I never wake up, you know, and, and experience a wet dream. So it's, it's pretty, it's a good, it's a good thing, you know? Like, <laughs> like you. It's probably better in the long run. Yeah, like you, there's a climax so to speak, in the plot of your dream and you wake up and, and it hasn't happened. But there wasn't a physical one. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you can therefore think about what just happened in your dream and carry out a physical one in real life. That, that's exactly my point. Oh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what? <laughs> Onanism is, is universal, okay? Yeah, yeah it is, yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> uh, Loosen up, guys. Have some more apothic. Come on. Yeah, I do need to have a little more. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hey. Oh, that. hold on. Hold. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to take that entire bottle and start <laughs> Entire what? Uh, that entire right. yeah. goblet. Cheers. Come on now. These aren't glasses. They're goblets. What a great thing to cheers to. Cheers to sex dreams. Yes. Forever alone I with su- a I suppose. cheeky smile on your face. That old toothy grin. Where does that come from, Andy Griffith? Oh, that's a nice toothy grin. I think I swear to God I heard that on that show. Probably Gomer or something. I think it was Andy. <laughs> Probably. That's a nice toothy grin. <laughs> That's a weird sound in Andy. I don't know what he was, <laughs> what drugs he was doing in that episode. <laughs> Jeez, was that like Deliverance or something? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wee wee. <laughs> oh man, if if you've seen that movie, I'm so sorry to just put that image back into your mind. Maybe they're not sorry. Maybe a few listeners aren't. I don't know. <laughs> this um, liquid. It's my favorite movie. Has a strange smell. Does it? Does it smell like yeast? It smells like a cleaning chemical to me. Windex. Windex. Yeah. Something. Something strong like that. Yeah. Mm. Something. <laughs> Doesn't taste like Windex, but. Do you like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. That's a good one. Moving right along. I mean, we've talked about various challenges that we face. and Perhaps it's time for Luke to impart some of his poetry, world famous, onto us. Oh, boy. Is it that time? I think so. What do you think, Nick? Is it time? Hang on. Hang on. Now it's time. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. All right. Sweet. All right. I hope this, this works properly. Oh, this is called The Itch. It itches and I scratch 
but the relief I cannot catch. The rash, it seems, is on my soul. I've no transcendent itch control. It ever whispers through the trees, but words are lost within the breeze. A familiar echo lures my thought, yet the memory is so soon forgot. In the mirror I see a face, but these eyes I cannot place. Something feels a little wrong. The wind now whistles a foreign song. What gremlin sits inside my brain to change the way I deem the rain? The drops fall heavy upon my cheeks, an unfamiliar density, the sorrow it bespeaks. Is it time that stole my youth, or the tyranny of empiric truth? Aging makes cathedrals small, colors pale and candles dull. But why accede to this somber thrall? The anodyne rain continues to fall. Mind not the gray upon your chin, nor heed the voice of gloom within. Although the day may end for me, the smiles I've shared will ever be. And though that itch may never die, my frowns are now in short supply. Thanks. Mm, nice. Well, I already know the meaning of that because you told me. So what do you, what's your take on it, Dan? <sighs> okay, well, I'll, I'll take a shot at this. Take a stab uh, at it. Shots, 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 shots. First, I have to admit that uh, somewhere in the middle there, I kind of zoned off a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> Stay tuned for a poetry hour uh, repeated. Sure. <laughs> Play that again. But I came back. I came back. Uh, it was close. My interpretation of what I did here is that uh, you're you're essentially describing what it is to be human in the human condition and how we are fallen beings. Uh, we are tragically flawed. We have Mardias, as, as, as you would say. Ooh, fourth word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have problems. We have issues. Uh, we, we are sinful creatures, as, uh, as the good book would tell us, right? Um, We're a little bit dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's another way to say it. Uh, but there is... A day of reckoning to be had, and there is uh, there is hope that we can be purified and cleansed, and that is ultimately what removes the frown from our face. Right, is that we know that we are we are looking forward to a day when we will be ultimately purified. But today we live with the itch that can't be scratched, which is the the thing that we can't remove from us, which is like a, the stain that is on our soul. That basically only God can remove. I I, I don't know I if like, that's I love that interpretation, yeah. and that's totally fine because my works are polysimus, fifth word of the day. Actually, no, that was a word of the day in a previous podcast episode, I think. Um It's been but, in many yeah, podcasts. What what you said is totally fine. Um, uh, but from my perspective, uh as the author writing it, I think I think my remedy is a bit more existential than traditional or religious gotcha. and so far as like that's just like, where my mind goes you know yeah yeah, yeah. what i intended mm-hmm. to to convey is that there there is a void within every one of us you know and and as we try to fill this void we become more and more wistful and 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 saddened because we realize that we can't this these materialistic uh you know these materialistic remedies that we try they they ultimately don't work so we we just 
we fall into this, you know, um, the, the, and we fall into the fray where we, where we try to find out what it is, the question we're trying to ask, but mm-hmm. you realize that we're aging and, and time is, it keeps on ticking and we're, and we're never going to find the answer to a question that we don't know how to ask. So instead of, instead of just worrying about it all your life, dwell on the positive aspects of it all. Kind of going back to what you were saying, Nick, like, like you have 300 thumbs up and three thumbs down. So you're going to dwell on the thumbs down, but no, 300 thumbs up. That, that the, the majority is obviously positive. Dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Dwell on the good things that happen. Dwell on, on why your faith in humanity is restored instead of why it's, it's ruined, it, why it's toppled. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we can't answer that question on earth, at least maybe in the afterlife. So, so why worry if you have a mm-hmm. choice of being sad? or happy hmm. you know it's it's, it's is, is the materialism want. is the materialism the attempt to try to itch the scratch that we can't Absolutely. materialism doesn't quite that, do it in this society it's the, it's the first response yeah um but you know depending on your level of acuity you you know you you either realize you know you, you realize at some point that materialism isn't the answer it's and that's so, something deep. Yeah, it's vapid. Perfect. Word Superficial. Six. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Cool. Why, why do we dwell on the negative? Is it our inner desire for like perfection or something? Like, what is it? Why do we do that? Yeah. Maybe it's the, what I just coined the utopia complex. Yeah. Like, we all strive for, like you said, perfection. Why are we so bothered by like a few people not liking us when a lot of people do? Because here's our puzzle, and all of the puzzle pieces are are put in place, and you almost see this picture. But oh, sh- there's crap. there's one bad seed <laughs> in the in the crop, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. Two or three puzzle pieces are askew, and you know they're not right. But they yeah. they look a little right, but they're not they're not perfect. Uh-huh. So I, I think it's just that complex of, hmm. of we want perfect purity. We want completion. <laughs> face <laughs> You know, I, I, I can't help but go to the, I guess, the religious types of connotations. But, you know, maybe it has a lot to do with, like, if we're, if we're really, as people... If we're if we really are made in the image of God, and there's perfection in God, then maybe that's why we want perfection so badly too. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Totally, that makes, I can uh, see that. And when things aren't perfect and they're off, it doesn't sit right with us because it's not. It's not right. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like it feels off to us because it isn't right mm-hmm. and. We all like we want to get back to what is right. Yeah. What is our rightful state? I guess I there's know. something yeah. unsettling about somebody disagreeing with us. I think it's almost a lot of the times it can be like a confidence thing. Like you, you want to be confident in what you're doing. So when somebody says, "Wait, I don't like that," it makes you feel uncomfortable, and you're like, 
you second guess yourself and you're like, wait a minute, I don't like that feeling. I don't like that somebody thinks otherwise of what I what I believe in or what I what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So it makes you go, what's what's the matter here? You, there, like an equalization needs to take place of sorts. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Luke, I don't know how much psych- uh, psychology training you have, but maybe you can speak to this. But going off of what you just said, mm-hmm. it seems like oftentimes there's a <coughs> what I think is maybe an insecurity, and you can comment uh, in us that if we have a certain kind of belief, perhaps uh, we want other people to agree with us or to re- repeat what it is that we believe Mm -hmm. because hearing more people repeat or agree with what we believe gives us more confidence that what we believe is actually is correct. Right. And it's like, for example, think of it the opposite way. Like if you believe that something is the truth, Mm -hmm. if you were the only person in the entire world who believed it and no one else did, could you have the confidence that I'm right, but they're all wrong? (laughs) Or would you let go of it and say, well, clearly I must be wrong because no one else believes Mm -hmm. this but me? You'd have to have some psychopathic synapses going on in your brain for that to... I know, it's a very far-fetched hypothetical, but let's just say you're in a minority then to make it a little bit more realistic. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like going into the negative scales, the opposite scale that's like, I'd rather, I hate being afraid and alone but if I have people with me who are also afraid, then it's you feel a little bit better. You feel a little safer because there's people that are on your side giving you that confidence. It's like when there's people, you know, with you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be a positive emotion you're feeling or a negative, there's there's a lot of affirmation in people feeling, you know, similar emotions. Yeah. Uh, catharsis of sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah a, ma- a a group catharsis, yeah. totally. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, catharsis has always been to me a very personal thing. Like when I'm by myself and watching the Lazarus Project, I, I, you know, shed some tears, and it's a very intimate thing, you know, mm-hmm. by myself. But catharsis, I've, I've actually never thought of it being, you know, a, a group thing. I mean, yeah, it, well, there, there's the relationship thing, of course. You know, where you're, yeah. you and your partner break down in tears, and you know, for for whatever reason, and. And you reach that like, oh, finally we just expressed our emotions. You know, let's let's get back to building up instead of tearing down. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's, yeah, like in a group of people, I've never thought of it in that way. It certainly can be though, because if you're all together and you're saying, you know what, this this is a place that feels safe for all of us because we're all able to just be open and admit that we're all broken in this way. Alcoholics Anonymous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, it can feel like a place where there's shelter for you. It's a safe place. It's a community. And it's a place for you to uh, bear each other's burdens, too, in a way, you know? Yeah. Carry water for each other. In a way. I mean, uh, every last drop, am I right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we do. Yeah. We have, we have catharsis of our own. All the well. time. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Catharsis. Catharsis. Catharsis, yes. To catharsis. <laughs> Medicine. Oh my god, that's my new uh my new toast. Catharsis. I love it. Catharsis. Right. <laughs> hey. Word number seven of the day. <laughs> or is it six? I think Ooh. that was seven. Was it? What was six? Uh 
Struthius. Just random mm, ostrich. Vapid. I think vapid. Va- yeah, vapid yeah. was. You're right. Yeah. Struthius is number seven. You taught me that one, dude. Yeah. One of my favorites. Right. <laughs> well, that was a very rewarding poetry hour. Yeah. There was a lot of meat there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for bringing, bringing the heat. Mm. Heat and the meat. Glad I could ring that bell for <laughs> the you. The thunder from my, down my, under. My, my Pavlovian <laughs> dogs. Thank you. Appreciate that. Ring that bell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slobbering. <laughs> Ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> okay, that's time. To, that's when you know time it's time to, to go. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thank uh, you so if, much. If, it means the world to if me. If you're here, if you're still here, <laughs> sure we, we love you. Thank you. No one's listening. Who yeah. are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Check out everylastdroppodcast.com for more info on everything. Take, uh, take, you know, a, look. take a look at the site. Move, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go go around to all the different <laughs> places. Find all the merch there. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the non-existent. Uh, yeah, we, we we'd like to hear from you if uh, if you if you sort of like this kind of banter and you want to maybe join in a little bit, or you or maybe you just got a burning question or something. Uh, like I said, make your way over to the website everylastdroppodcast dot com and uh, check out the the contact tab. Get in touch with us, Sal. I'd be more than happy to talk with you. All right? I, yeah, I would too, for sure. Yeah. Same. Of course you would. As uh, reflecting back on that one internet picture I saw the other day, there's a picture of a guy sitting by at a table. I think he's on a college campus, and it said, I will argue with you about anything. So, you know, that that's us, you know, a little bit more polite. Like, we will discuss anything you want us to. Please, by all means. Yeah, we will. It's win. not guaranteed that we'll agree or disagree, though. That's the difference. True. You know, you know. I actually thought about in the middle of your of what you were saying to just cut you off and say, "All right, thank you very much." <laughs> 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 and then just cut it off. <laughs> you want me on your show, don't you, a hole? <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I also like to mess with you. Every divorce begins with M. <laughs> okay now we're ready to go alright guys alright next time later good night good night